It's the World Joy Movement Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the World Joy Movement Podcast, where we're bringing together trailblazers to shape a more joyful world, one powerful conversation at a time. Because the only way to move the world is to first be moved yourself. I'm Niyama Shang, founder of the World Joy Movement. Want to play? Creating agreements is one of, if not the most important thing that takes place whenever you're creating a powerful container. And a powerful container is one where what really needs to be said can be said. What really can't normally be seen actually has space to come out into the light. And how you craft and set the stage up for your container actually dictates just how much room is going to be available for people within it. So I love to set things off very powerfully with agreements at the beginning of any conversation, even conversations with my friends, we set intentions and agreements along the way. And what typically takes place is that the moment that a conversation becomes crucial or becomes important or meaningful, the tool of agreements tends to follow right afterwards for me. And the reason for this here is that we need to construct a place and a space such that this conversation can happen differently than anything that we might default into. The in doing so, we give ourselves an opportunity to reset the rules, to not have anything be uh, misunderstood or assumed, but instead we move into a place of actually being able to meet each other on a level playing field. One of the most important things about agreements is the ability to dissent. So these aren't expectations or even guidelines. These are true agreements. People in, in here can, should make the personal choice for themselves as to whether or not they want to play by the rules of your game. And whether or not they say yes or no, that gives them, their, that gives them insight and also shouldn't disqualify them from being a part of the, the conversation, provided you can come to a, uh, a way that, that it can work for them. But if it doesn't, they are, they are invited to, uh, to, to leave the conversation and come back in another place. But oftentimes when people uh, express dissent in, in my space, look, this is a, it's, it becomes an example here. It becomes how you set up the agreements is also an agreement. Uh, and so when people dissent, it actually it actually is a more powerful tool to honor the dissent when, in whatever way it is necessary, whether you change, uh, whether you augment or whether you simply acknowledge the dissent that's in that um that that person has, has voiced or brought brought to the table. The may, the bigger thing here is that in the way that you have responded to that, you've actually demonstrated and lived into the agreement. You've shown that the agreement itself will be held, and that the space and that's how the space would be. Additionally, I look at agreements as having three different purposes. The the surface level purpose that I think most of us think about when we think about agreements or guidelines or expectations or whatever, uh, house rules, you know, the ground rules, the most people think about it as like, this is how we are going to be with each other today. And that actually, that, that does serve a purpose. It's really important to establish that as to how we're going to enter and, and move through conversation with each other. But there's also two other really important uh, reasons to set agreements. So the one is how are we gonna be together? The second one is how do we create safety for you, 
for the participants in that, right? So rather than looking at the, our relationship here, what do we need to do so that such that this person can, is able to walk in and know what the boundaries are, know just how much room they have to play and give them an opportunity to create even more room if they need to, uh, in order to say what they can't say anywhere else and to show what they can't show anywhere else. So the elements of, of agreements, really powerful agreements, offers actual more space for someone else because they get a chance to really know how they're engaging with you. And the third level here, and this one's actually a hidden agreement. And I think I think it's when when I work with people on crafting powerful agreements, whether it's for whether it's for them in with their one-on-one clients, whether they're leading it with their teams, within their families, setting agreements for how they want to show up in the world, uh, as well as leading large scale events. The third and maybe the most powerful agreement that there is, is the agreement that you need in order to show up fully, powerfully, and unapologetically, in order for you to fully be able to facilitate a powerful conversation. In a bit here, I'll share with you uh, some of the agreements that I use for a series of conversations that I call melting pot conversations, which are experimental and experiential conversations aimed at bringing America's American together, Americans together, uh, and really uniting uh, uniting people who see things differently. Because we're getting out of silos and we're moving into one big melting pot where we can all come and grow from one another and create something new. I'll share those agreements with you. Those are used in the group context. And I'll also share with you the agreements that I use for myself and for my clients in, in coaching context. I'll share the, the latter first uh, because this is, this is one that I pull out of my back pocket anytime a conversation gets crucial. How do I know that a conversation gets crucial? My heart starts to flutter. Someone, someone has said something that, can, that could, could be uh, triggering. There's something I need to say that, that will cut through all the noise, and that noise so that person can truly hear me in that moment. And to do that, we need to change the environment. So the three agreements that I typically will go with whenever I need to do that in, in any conversation, I've been in 45 minute conversations and busted this out 45 minutes into the conversation and all of a sudden the conversation transformed to what we needed it to be. These are the three that I bring in. I'm gonna hide nothing and hold nothing back. Are you good with that? I'm here to serve you rather than please you. Are you good with that? And I have a track record of having life-changing conversations. And at this point in my life, I refuse to have anything less than that. So are you open to the possibility of this being a life-changing conversation? In each of those, every person is given a chance to decide yes or no, if, or, or to ask any questions, to, add, to decide and to tell, say yes or no as to whether or not they agree to that. And the Agreements are set up in a way that they are naturally confronted. Whether you say yes or no, you're stating something. You've made you've made a choice, and it speaks to, it speaks to you and the experience that you want to, to have. And I'll let you in on a secret here that I'm now just getting comfortable sharing with people. Those agreements were for me because I'm a recovering people pleaser. It is it is not unlike me to hide something in order to try and make sure that someone doesn't feel bad or that they can feel safe. My, I 
pleasing was the way that I went about doing things, but I choose to have more powerful spaces. So then I, so I'm making a promise to myself. It's me saying, this is how I'm going to be with you. I'm going to serve you. When, when I get the tendency and desire to please, I'm going to go down the path of actually choosing service instead. And then the life-changing conversations, that one, that one now, it, it, it feels good. It rolls off my tongue, but you know, that was actually my commitment to enter and enter any conversation. Again, how can I elevate the conversation? How can I be so committed to the conversation that no matter where, where we are, that this ends up being a life-changing experience? And once you start doing it, you realize that when you have that kind of a power to actually shift the conversation, you wouldn't want anything less than that. But that started out as my agreement to, to set the, the bar high, and it continues to be. In fact, nowadays when I talk to people, I talk about world shaping, because that's just the level that me and my clients are playing at right now. But it all, and that's still aspirational for me. And a reminder of like, if we're not having a world shaping conversation, then are we really having a conversation at all? Because that's the agreement that I had set out with when we first started a conversation. So that's an example of it within the one-on-one -on -one context. And I bring that one up because it feels like, it feels very directly related to uh, what, what it was that I needed in order to show up powerfully, in order to really show up in this conversation. I'll share with you some examples of, of it from a melting pot conversation. And typically when I, when this comes in, I'll start it off with, with a clear indication. It's what's called crossing the threshold. And in the crossing the threshold, you let people know that they're entering into a new space. And it isn't just an assumed thing. It is part of it. It's part of the agreement creation. And in doing so, I typically something say something along the lines of, welcome to the melting pot conversation. You are now entering into a different world, a world where the rules that most of your day-to-day -day have no longer apply. In fact, we're going to sit here together and co-create and come into agreement as to what the rules are of how we will go about. And just so you know, we are created in this space to be whatever we need it to be in order to have a conversation that ends up changing the world. And then I'll enter into uh, into the agreements. For, for this purpose here, I'll share them with you as well. Note, each of the agreements are done separately. Everyone's given a chance to ask, uh, to uh, voice any questions. Uh, and then there's an, an ask of yes or no. Over time, we've gotten, when I have a lot of the same groups of people, we're able to state all of the agreements up front and then uh, ask for yes or no or any questions about it just due to familiarity. But it is important. And the way that you handle the agreements shows, really creates the space in and of itself. Just stating agreements, sharing agreements, posting agreements, it doesn't create a safe space. Oh, the worst part, saying this is a safe space does not make it safe. <laughs> it just does it. It's how you create the safety that that demonstrates the safety that is there. So for the melting pot conversations, here are a few that I consistently go back to. The first one is we choose questions over answers. I, the melting pot conversations, a lot of these, the space is created through distinctions. There's power in distinctions by, by saying, here goes how most people might have the conversation and here goes how we do it. So going back to the theme of you're entering into a different world, 
it shows a distinction between how most how most of the time you would have conversations and instead in this new world, in this different world, how things go. So we choose questions over answers. What that means is that we're in a, an advice-free zone. Specifically, do not try and be helpful or give advice. That's a paternalistic element that reinforces some idea that you have the answer and that someone doesn't. Instead, we're gonna invite you to explore why it feels important to you when you want to give an answer. To ask yourself the question, what is in this for me? What does this mean for me? Why did what they say, like, bring this, this emotion within me? What is it that, that this means about me that I wanna be able to share this rather than hearing what is actually happening in this moment? We value questions over answers. We value curiosity over convincing. This is the place to bring in more curiosity because the space that we're in is a place that's of, of transformation. Here's the thing, if you come into this conversation and you leave knowing exactly the same thing and feeling exactly the same way that you did beforehand, you have not used your time in this space to the highest impact possible. I enter each of these conversations from the standpoint of, of wanting to be transformed, of wanting to have a question in my mind that works on me throughout the week or a different way that I can approach going out into the world. This is not a space where we're trying to convince other people of what we believe or how they're seeing things wrong. Instead, it's a place where we're able to bring in our curiosity to understand how is it that you think this way? What led to this? What are some of the, 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 what are some of the ways that you approach the world or the world that you're in and the lenses that you see the world in that, that leads you to, to, to believe what you believe? And this is one of the things that I've learned from years of consulting. We can't possibly have a chance of convincing someone if we have no idea where they're coming from. And a lot of times we see things, we're just living in different like realities simultaneously. And so if we're not bringing the curiosity to understand where this person is coming from and what that might mean for us as an individual, we're gonna miss out on quite a lot as we try and convince. So we choose curiosity over convincing. We choose courage over confidence. This is a place to be truly seen, a place for you to allow yourself to really step into an area that, that you don't know. Allow yourself to explore the unknown in this space here. It's not a place where you need to go worry about looking good. If you are trying to look good, you're probably not going to get the transformation that this space really has to offer. And you're probably also going to close down some of the space that's here for other people to really explore. Instead, Get, allow yourself to ask the courageous question, state the courageous thing, share the courageous story. And through that, build the confidence for you to go outside of this space and, and continue to build on it rather than just sharing what you already know and what you already believe. We choose depth over scale, depth over scale. So we're here knowing that the people who are in this conversation for however long they choose to be a part of this year, that is making the impact there. The fact that if we in this space who have volunteered to be here together, if we're not able to create a transform at transformation with each other, if we're not able to understand, to listen, to be with each other, even if the degrees of separation we have are even just one one percent different as opposed to even 180 degrees differently. If we if we can't see this here in this space, but we volunteered for this here. There's nothing that there's no there's nothing that scales out into the world. So I want to just invite us to slow down and choose 
not how do we change anyone else, but instead, can we allow ourselves to, to get to a space where we're being open, honest, and deep enough that the transformation takes place in this room, and then we can carry that out into the world. Scale is tempting because that's what most people talk about. But the reality is it's through these deep transformations where people's lives change forever. And that's part of the invitation that we have for you here in these conversations. We choose possibility over problems. Most of the world is trying to, to, they're geared to be problem solvers. And in most of our lives, we're paid well. Our livelihood is based on our ability to solve problems. But in the, in the melting pot, we're about something more. We're about creating a new possibility together, about understanding what is the possibility that we stand for? What is the possibility of this country? What is the possibility of our relationships with our coworkers, with our peers, with our families, and so forth, with, uh, with random strangers on the street? What's the possibility that we all stand for such that we can see that with such clarity that we can bring it into every single conversation, institution, and organization that we're a part of? We are here to create a new future together. We're here to create a future that is distinct from the past. And we don't do it by trying to fix the problems of the past. Instead, we choose to look to the possibility of the future and use that to inform how we choose to move forward. Lastly, we have what I'll call, we choose people ticks over politics. People ticks over politics. Now, this is a space where politics can uh, can enter. I'm not afraid of having politics in, as part of the conversation. Uh, this is this again coming from a recovering people pleaser who typically was people just knew was incredibly politically correct. No, politics are important here because uh, in this in this space because that's part of what has shaped some of our conversations right now. But we choose here to look at the people ticks of the matter, and the distinction for me, the way I would look at it is. Politics are what we do, and peopletics is who we are as we are doing it. Politics is what we do, and peopletics is who we are as we are doing it. So we focus here on who we're being, who we are as we, as we make the choices. There's a number of different ways for us to move forward as, as a country. There's a number of different ways for us to move forward as people. And the key here that we're looking to do is to really unite on looking at who we are being as we continue that through. I think this is a good time for me to end this recording here as we talk about agreements. Uh, my young one is uh, joining the conversation in his own way. But I invite you here to spend some time for yourself and to think about before your next session here, what are the agreements that you need to create in order to create a truly powerful container? Not just what would make it great for other people, what would make it such that you yourself would be able to show up fully? Because you, your amount of courage, your amount of vulnerability, your amount of openness is gonna set the tone for the rest of the participants. And it's incredibly important that we, that we find our way to do that. And if we create the agreements for you, then when the conversation goes into places where we might get, we as facilitators and leaders of that space might think, oh, it's, it's, it's getting uncomfortable for us because we've created the agreements with them and, and asked them to hold us to, uh, based in account to it, we'll choose to do what's needed to create the space for a truly powerful confrontation and transformation to occur.
Let me know your thoughts about agreements. Uh, this is uh, it's it isn't it doesn't lost on me that this is a long video. It takes a while to set up agreements and to set it up really powerfully. It's something that I, I constantly go back to and question: Can I do this faster? And every time I do, people come to me and say that the way you set up the conversation was everything. Please, I hear you questioning whether or not you should take this time or not. It led to a fundamentally different conversation. So we are thankful for you for, for doing that. So I wanted to make sure I gave agreements the time that it deserved in this conversation as well. What are the three agreements you need to be able to show up fully in your next conversation? To show up in a way that when any conversation goes crucial, you can recreate the space for whatever you need in order to truly serve the person in front of you. It's the World Joy Movement. Yeah. What was your greatest insight from this conversation? And if you want to come and be a part of a conversation like this live, it's really simple. Just go to BeWorldJoy.com and come introduce yourself and let's take the conversation to the next level because you're there now. All right, let's play.